Today is Friday, November 2nd, 2018, and this is Radio Wave. Broadcasting across the world from the Radio Wave studio at Caritas, Alabama. This is Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. And this is Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Tonight, he will be speaking to us from the village of Medjugorje, where he shared Our Lady's message with the BVM Caritas pilgrimage group. This is the last pilgrimage of the season, and our pilgrimages will pick up again in March of next year. There's more information on Medj.com. And so, speaking words fresh from this morning, here is a friend of Medjugorje. Welcome to Medjugorje. I know some faces that's been here before. I remember your faces. I got at the Delta counter and they, they said, thank you for doing face recognition, something like that. I said, what? They said, well, we just took your picture for face recognition. And I said, well, I didn't give you permission to do that, which is part of our system of controlling everything. I said, well, what are you doing that for? He says, well, it's going to make things faster. I said, well, that's like the Antichrist system. And she says, oh, I'm a minister. This is a Delta employee, so I'm a minister. Oh, the baby, that ain't, that ain't about the Antichrist. I says, yeah, it is. Don't you see everything control? This whole system growing is, is amazing. I said, I want my face off of that. I don't care if you get it later, but this stuff is pretty amazing, what they're doing, face recognition. Anyway, I recognize your face. I just don't know your name. They know my name. They got all my data and everything. <laughs> And so if I say something wrong, I can't go to Britain or Ireland and places like that. So there's, there's a lot of control taking place that we don't understand the consequences because evil will grow towards all these things to master everybody. We're headed toward that kind of system. Anyway, that's not what I was going to start off with. I was in Frankfurt and going to the Croatian counter and... I always let them check my luggage to make sure it's on the plane. You always get it scanned. And the lady looked at me, and then later I went on, because I fly so much, I get to get on first. So it's nice getting your luggage in and everything. And so there was a woman with me, right behind me, and I was there, and I gave her my ticket. And she says, I believe in you. And I said, what? She says, I believe in you. And so I kind of smiled. I don't know what she's talking about. So I get on, and the lady behind me was after that. We walked down the corridor, and we were waiting for the people with wheelchairs and stuff to get on. So we were the first two getting on. And I said, did you hear that? She says, yeah. I said, I don't know what she's talking about. And uh, so we started small talk. We were standing there before we got on the airplane. I asked her, where you're going? She said, split. I have a daughter going to school there. I said, oh. I said, does she know about Medjugorje? And she said, what's Medjugorje? And I said, it's a place where the Virgin Mary is, is appearing. You know, it's like Fatima. Do you, I don't know if you've ever heard about that. She says, no, 
No. She didn't believe in that. So maybe that lady was saying, I believe in you, because this lady didn't believe in She says that she didn't believe in God. She was atheist. And she says, you know, I, I just take neutral position. And I said, she's really appearing there. The world's in trouble right now. And your daughter should check this out if she's living in this place. It's just two hours away. Y'all should go visit that. She says, no, no. So uh, I backed off. And I prayed the whole hour or so to get there for her because I had material. And a lot of times people like that will reject it. So I didn't just give it to her on the plane because I knew she'd just hand it back. So I waited till we got the passport control off the plane. I said, here, this is, this is about the village of Medjugorje I was telling you about. Your daughter may be interested in it. Just look at it. And it was Reader's Digest, a CD, and a couple of other things. And she said, oh, thank you. So she put it in a purse. I say that, oh, because you got to be calculated how you spread Medjugorje. Because people are turned off of it just like that. They're not interested in it. They think the Virgin Mary appearing is in a pizza pizza somewhere in Philadelphia or someplace like that because we have many people who have damaged Our Lady in a way that we present that. So I prayed, okay, Mary, you say to speak about you. The last time I was here, which was a few weeks ago, I gave material to a guy who sat next to me who was out of Hollywood on the Delta plane, and he was obviously wealthy. And he told me he belonged to some kind of group of people where you had to be invited, and you got to be really, really rich. So anyway, I gave him the material. His wife was up two seats up from me, and they traded seats after somebody sat down, after they got the material, because they wouldn't assign each other. So another guy came back and sat down with me. After the flight, he gave me material. He said, I don't want this stuff. So I learned from that cognition, don't give it to them where you've been around after they see it. They'll give it nowhere. They either have to throw it in the garbage or have to read it. So a lot of our ladies telling us is we have to have strategy, how we do what we do, and don't just go into it and beat people over the head with it. That's just a few lessons just coming here. Our Lady will start using you if you start opening your heart to her. I had two women coming down the mountain this morning, and there's a narrow place where you can't pass everybody. There's kind of a shortcut. And these two women in front of me, I was, they were going slow, and they said, and there was a place I could pass. She says, you can get in front of us. And uh, so we're slow. I says, okay. So I walked beside them for a little while. And I said, where y'all from? They said, North Carolina. They said, where are you from? I said, Alabama. They said, oh, Alabama. I said, well, we're here with somebody from, that used to be from Birmingham. I said, well, I'm from Birmingham. And we chit-chat a little bit, walking on the trail. I said, have you been to Medjugorje many times? They says, oh, four or five times, something like that. They said, have you been to Medjugorje many times? I says, yeah, I, I come often. And... Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to tell them how many times because it sounds like you're lying when you say you've been here over 200 times. How do you come here 200 times? I quit counting at 200 times uh, several years ago. So anyway, I didn't say that because it would turn people off. So anyway, she said, what do you come for? I said, well, I talk to groups, and I'm just here for three days just to talk to a group that we have here. It's important to, to open up Medjugorje for them. She said, well, what do you see the most important thing in Medjugorje and the thing that you like the most? I said, the most important thing in Medjugorje is the message. And she had this kind of stark look on her face like she was surprised. Many people come to Medjugorje, they never learn how to open up the messages. They never get into the messages. Medjugorje is about the message. So you were here in a very historical, extraordinary point that the Mother of God came down from heaven and gave a message that is going to be here 
when Christ comes back. And it's for that period of time. I had ABC 2020. You're older, you know where 2020 is. Most young people now don't even know what 2020 is. With Hugh Downs and Barbara Walters and um, Stone Phillips was going to be Peter Jennings. And so I worked with them for for a while on several things that we came to Medjugorje. But Rob Wallace is the top producer. And we were setting up uh, Apparition Hill. And he says, do you think this is about the second coming? Which they wanted to trick you that. Because you know, when you say, yeah, this is about Jesus coming, like, oh, sure. I says, no doubt about it, Rob. This is about the second coming of Jesus. He says, when do you think it is? I says, that's the big question. Is it five years, 50 years, 500 years? But these messages and these apparitions are for the preparation when Jesus comes back. So if you put this in this context, you add to that, that he says, these are the last apparitions on earth. I'll never come back again. And then the visionaries on another situation said, why will she not come back? And her answer is, because you'll never need apparitions any longer. Why is that? Because God is putting her in a position to work on the earth. And when she leaves these apparitions, the same thing she's doing now with the power she has is going to not be here in the state that it is now. It's going to increase. Her efficacy, meaning power, is increasing. Every day, she gains more power with the rosaries that she sweeps up at the apparition and takes them before the throne of God. The visionaries ask in the beginning, how long will you be with us? And she says, as long as you want me to be with you. So every day, the power of Mary to act in your life and communicate to you, and I'm saying that literally, not in the way you think she's going to come talk to me like Maria, but she has motherhood in a really extraordinary way because this is the, the exposing in the fullness in this time of the Holy Virgin Mary. So you're walking on holy ground. You're walking in a place that is real because what is real here is this is Our Lady's Israel. This is her time. You cannot understand or comprehend that. She said that January 25th, 1987. God has a great plan for the salvation of the world. You do not comprehend the greatness of your role in this plan. Don't think you're coming just on a pilgrimage or you're just going to Fatima or Lourdes or some other place where there's apparitions. This is completely different. Those were the prophetesses of her building devotion through the centuries. And she said that, I've been with you through the centuries. And it's all for this moment. You're in a time of grace. The second time of grace in the history of Christianity. When Christ was here and Mary is here 2,000 years ago. And now she's here and she's bringing him and preparing. Just like she did to give him birth for birth to the second coming. And we're in a system where they can take a picture. And they can track you all day long. And those things grow toward evil. Evil people will use that. Because power corrupts. And it's already if they decide you can't buy or sell something, it can happen just like that. Oh, you can't get a Delta ticket because you're not marked. And I don't want to go that way because I get some heavy stuff and people think conspiracy. But it is in the Bible. It's in Revelations. And that time will come. And it's not allegories. And it's not mythology. It's real stuff. 
You can't understand prophecy until prophecy happens. Once it takes place, then it's clear. Prophecy is never clear when it's given in the future. We've been in Patmos in May, and we were just there in September. We took part of a group from here straight there into the cave where John received the revelations, the book of revelations. Geography is everything. You can tell people all you want to about Medjugorje. You can say what it is. You can explain it. But until you come here, until you enter into it, until you enter into the messages, you cannot understand it in real time and real life. So you have an investment that you need to be making here. Don't waste time doing anything. You've got minutes you need to be watching what you're doing. Our day calls us to nature because nature is obedient. One tree is more obedient than all seven billion people in the world. It does exactly God's will. And you come into nature. You're here. You look at the leaves, the grass, the acreage, whatever. These little horses running around. Everything is going as God commands it. It's us who soil it. And Medjugorje is being soiled. You can see this. You can see all the distractions. And so these ladies, we parted, but the, they were surprised at the message because people leave Medjugorje. And we got many stories of people coming to the mission house here. Well, y'all was just telling a story. Who wrote the story? They write back to the communities on Sunday at the rosary in the field where Our Lady appeared to Maria. They send letters from the war front, the front lines. But y'all just told, who was the story about the man who had been here for six or seven days and came more, and was confused about Medjugorje? You don't remember what you wrote? Okay, amnesia? He said that he spent an hour in the mission house talking to one of y'all, one of y'all's letters. The story was that, that after talking to him for an hour or so, he completely understood Medjugorje. He was confused. He didn't know if he believed in it. And we have many people doing that. They come believing in Medjugorje and they leave not believing. So your steps that we guide you to is to help you, even if you've been here before many times, to open Medjugorje up more to you and to your heart and open your heart to Our Lady. So this morning, Our Lady gave a beautiful message. We don't like to be in an apparition saying, I'm looking at you and you make me sad. But we all really do that. We're all sinners. And as close as we get to Our Lady and closer, the more we see that. And we're more humbled by that. But Our Lady said this morning about truth. And this was a problem 2,000 years ago. Jesus goes through his whole ministry. Goes, he goes three years and then he's standing in front of Pilate, and Pilate is walking around circles with him, looking at this mystery guy. And he says to him, don't you know I have the power to do whatever I want to with you? Why are you here? I'm here to testify to the truth. And Pilate's words were, what is truth? And that's where we are today. People don't have truth. Truth is not coming out of the church now. The truth of the Eucharist has come from here. Worldwide Eucharistic adoration has begun from here years ago. It was dying and dead almost. Confession is renewed in Medjugorje worldwide through Medjugorje people. Fasting is renewed worldwide from Medjugorje. I saw it. I went to the novenas when I was a kid. And my brothers were drugged by my mother on Wednesday to go to benediction. And we didn't like it. Because it was dying and it was boring. And it wasn't so much that as kids going in front of benediction. But they were just going to benediction because they were going to play bingo after that and they wanted to win. 
That wasn't a good witness to us. It wasn't holy. And so it declined. But I testify, I witnessed Eucharistic adoration was not even happening. Through the 60s, it was declining. In the 70s, it reversed and began to reverse in 1981, June 24th. That was the beginning of a change. We were at our lowest point at that point as far as spiritual life. Now, we're much worse, much more evil things are happening, but we have people in the world who our ladies called who are living that holiness, which brings that back to changing the world around. The world changed at a singular moment at 6.39 and 59 seconds, June 24th, 81. That's when she grabbed the six children and changed them, changed the parish, gave messages for three or four years to the villagers, and then from there, the whole world. So you're here in a time frame that is late in the hour. Lourdes at 6 a.m. in the morning, Fatima is 12 noon, and Our Lady appeared that first apparition at 6.40, 20 minutes to the hour. We're in the latest moment from 81 to now. The clock's running out in the dark, and we see darkness. So when Our Lady says today, have you read the whole message to everybody? Come read first. The November 2nd, 2018 message given through Mariana on the day of non-believers. Dear children, my motherly heart suffers as I am looking at my children who do not love the truth, those who are hiding it. As I look at my children who do not pray with their feelings and actions, I am sad as I am saying to my son that many of my children no longer have faith, that they do not know him, my son. That is why I call you apostles of my love. You strive to look to the very depth in human hearts, and there you are certain to find the little hidden treasure. To look in this way is mercy from the Heavenly Father. To seek the good, even when there is the greatest evil. To strive to comprehend each other and not to judge. That is what my son is asking of you. And I, as a mother, am calling you to listen to him. My children... The spirit is mightier than the flesh, and carried by love and actions, it overcomes all obstacles. Do not forget, my son has loved you and loves you. His love is with you and in you when you are one with him. He is the light of the world, and no one and nothing will be able to stop him in the final glory. Therefore, apostles of my love, do not be afraid to witness the truth. Witness it with enthusiasm, with works, with love, with your sacrifice, and above all, in humility. Witness the truth to all those who have not come to know my son, I will be alongside you. I will encourage you. 
Witness the love which never ends because it comes from the Heavenly Father who is eternal and who offers eternity to all of my children. The Spirit of my Son will be alongside you. Anew I am calling you my children. Pray for your shepherds. Pray that the love of my Son may lead them. Thank you. Dear children, my motherly heart suffers. Is that a contradiction? If heaven's supposed to be beautiful and all happy, that conflicts with what we understand heaven is. We've heard our lady say Jesus is still suffering in heaven. That's hard and beyond our understanding in the context of what she says. But if she's a mother, how can she not hurt? She's in the fullness of consolation and being in front of God. But our hurt is for those children who are lost eternally. So when she says that, it's serious. Mar Mariana said, if you see one tear of a lady, one time in your life, you'll never want to commit a sin again. They don't just see Our Lady. She's part of their being. Maria, once on her birthday, Our Lady kissed her right there. I said, Maria, what did it feel like? Or did she just kiss you? She, you felt it? She said, yeah, I felt it. I said, how did it feel? She says, like I never wanted to wash my face again. I said, but is it something just like if somebody kissed you on the cheek? She said, no. It, w it went through me. I said, how? She said, it went through my very being. Deep into my soul, I felt it there. So they're looking at heaven. And they're looking at pre-Garden of Eden fallen. Paulo, her husband, Maria and I, and my wife, was up above the, in the mountains where we are. We went on a horseback ride. The community was going to meet us for the apparition. This was a private visit. Sometimes Maria comes for public visits. Sometimes she comes privately. So nobody knew she was there. And so she likes to come there. She loves our life because it's more like Medjugorje was in the beginning. So we come down. We're riding across the field. Everybody's waiting in the field. And one of the horses turned and kicked and kicked her right here. This is how many years ago was that? She still got a mark right here. I thought it broke her leg. So we had to take her to the emergency room. And my brother was a medic for the Air Force, so we put her in a crew cab truck. I had a full back seat, so she's in the back. And so we're going down the highway, and I remember, I said, Maria, the apparition's about to ready to happen. We need to pray. She says, you pray. So she's, she's got tears coming down, and she's wincing in pain. I've seen many people kicked by horses. I've been having horses most of my life, but that's the second hardest kick I've seen somebody kick. And so it wasn't just a normal thing or grace. So they appeared, and immediately her face became bliss. Immediately, all the pain went away, and she was speaking to her lady. Our lady didn't appear a long time. And as soon as she came out of the apparition, because I'm looking in the rearview mirror, here it is, we're going down the road. This is not the setting you want to be, but the time of our lady comes, comes. And so when that took place, the moment she came out, she started wincing again in the tears. Maria, if she's sick, does not feel anything. She's living, she is in a moment, a pre-Garden of Eden, no pain, no suffering. So, and that's not the only time I've seen it. I've seen it when she's sick. I saw when she had operation. When that takes place, she's out of that time. She's with Our Lady. 
just like the kiss has something. So these apparitions have with it where they're part of heaven. And actually the only pain I see associated with the apparitions is when Our Lady leaves and the visionaries watch him. And Maria, after several years, I finally ask her, she winces a little bit when Our Lady completely disappears when she's ascending back to heaven. I said, Maria, why do you, why do you wince? She says, I, she didn't know she was doing that. It's just for a fraction of a second. And she says, well, it is like pain when you no longer are with Our Lady because that's reality. This is not reality compared to what she sees. So when Our Lady says, my motherly heart suffers, she's sharing that with us. She sees that pain. But just like she did with the horse kick, she takes that pain away. She can do that even if you feel the pain because she says, offer this to me. And I'll read October 25th message in a little bit because that lady talks about that. There's a purpose to it. My motherly heart suffers as I'm looking at my children who do not love truth. So we've wandered off in the truth because we have what's called truth and we have what Pilate was calling what is truth? Because what, he's, what he was questioning Jesus about is who's to say truth is truth? Because we have relative truth. Have you got an aunt, a cousin, or uncle? What are they? Relatives. So people have adopted their own truth. They relate to that truth. That's their relative. And everybody now has relative truth. And that truth, if it's their truth, they say, well, I believe this, and that's what they believe is true. And we contradict that, or you contradict that with another truth. Whose truth is right? And that's what our lady's talking about. You can no longer go by relative truth. You have to go by truth, the truth of God. Jesus is the truth. It's not Buddha. It's not anybody else. It's not any other religion. They all have elements that we have, and we have to adopt those. Hindu has love of neighbor. Muslims have the same thing. We accept that. So they have elements of truth, and then also people who go with truths of whatever they want to ascribe it to. This is my truth. Allie's here to change it. She wants you to know the real truth that brings peace, real truth that brings happiness, real truth that helps you embrace your difficulties and crosses and sufferings. I'm looking at my children who do not love the truth, those who are hiding it. We have a lot of hiding of truth. We have a lot of the media doing the same thing. We hear fake news. We hear lies. We see that. You see it and recognize it. And they're just sitting there talking like they're, like this is the truth. Because they're lying. Our lady said something really stark because she usually doesn't say this just a few months ago. Do not believe lying voices. There's a lot of lying and many people believe that. And so they're not righteous souls if they do. If you have a right, that's not truth. Keep your cell phones off. Don't be using them here. This is just a distraction. This is one of the glitter. These are one of the things our lady talks about. And you're here to be connected with her. If you want to stay connected to that, stay in the pantheon. Because you're hurting yourself. I'm telling you. I've seen a nun at the apparition walk out in the apparition to go answer a stupid cell phone. We've got a story that we put in your materials if you read it that said, I told my husband and my family, don't call me. If my house burns down, what am I going to do about it? Don't call me. If my husband dies, what can I do about it? Don't call me about it. And this is what the spirit you need to have.
not love the truth, those who are hiding it. As I look at my children who do not pray with their feelings and actions. You get in these fields, you get on your knees, and you pour out your heart. Think about your whole lifetime. When you've been in crisis or situation or you're in trouble or whether you're trying to get mercy from somebody or something to happen or whatever crisis you've been in, those moments are the moments that you speak with feeling. Our Lady wants you to say that every time you pray. Can you achieve that? With distractions, you can't. And we have a lot of distractions. Our Lady says, I understand your distractions, but I'm here to show you truth why you have so many distractions and how you separate yourself from those things. We are electronic-free in our houses and our mission. No cell phone, no computers, no electronic toys, nothing. And our kids wake up in the morning and play 14 hours a day. They don't want to go to sleep. The best toy you can get a kid is not electronic. The best toy you'll see at Caritas a kid can have is another kid. They play with each other. And you don't have to do nothing but watch them and laugh. They're like, like kittens. Our kids are constantly at play, but they learn how to work and play. Kids don't play like our kids play now. They're pure. Now, we're not scared of it. Our mission is very advanced, very advanced, some of the best printing equipment in the world you can get. It is the best printing equipment, but we master it. It doesn't master us. It doesn't regurgitate back into our life at home. And even at work, we don't like it because we have the dual life of living simple and the life of really a lot of pressure on what we do and how we do it. Right now, this is for the first time we're broadcasting straight live in our studio. So we use these things to get you to go away from these things. But you don't use that as an excuse. You still have to be some principles with it. I look at my children who do not want to pray with their feelings and their actions. So when you've been in this point and you've prayed and you can remember and you can reflect on this while you're in Medjugorje, when have I talked to somebody so much that I'm putting my heart into it and trying to convince them this or not to leave me or whatever? That's how Our Lady wants you to talk to her. Try that here. I don't want to prove anything to you by convincing you. You try it because Our Lady will communicate with you. If you're really doing it from the heart, if you're fasting here, you're making sacrifices, you're opening your heart to her, she will deal with you. Medjugorje is something that is an ongoing supernatural event, not just this morning. She didn't leave this morning. The motherly spirit, she just identified that recently. My son's divine spirit will help you. And in the meantime, my motherly spirit will help you. That's another indication of evidence that Mary has got a new power on earth that she never had before. Why is that? Because there's so much competition with God's voice, because he's quiet. He whispers. When I've heard him here, I was quiet. And it wasn't loud. And it wasn't noisy. And so if God's going to speak to you, you have to put yourself in an environment of nature where God can whisper to you. And it's like thunder. And it's soft and sweet and beautiful. Our ladies the same way. The prodigies of the devil is so powerful. It's constant in our ears. It's constant in the billboards, the television, the news, blaring music, radio station, constant. And so God has sent her down as his cell phone to communicate to you. And it's not just what she did here. This message, you will be reading it six months from now. You'll be looking for something that when you heard it here and studied it spiritually and prayerfully, then it will say something you didn't see before. That's the power. They're given very simple, 
very loosely to give maximum room in the Holy Spirit to speak to you individually and as a group right here, right now, and as to the whole world. These messages, Our Lady said, you've heard me if you've been following our writings and our broadcast. Our Lady said about these messages, and this is a Thursday message, and you have to accept this. You have to go into this. You have to penetrate this message. I will give messages as never before in the history of the world since its beginning. Adam and Eve walked in the garden in the cool of the evening talking to God back and forth. And she says, I'm going to talk to you as never before in the history of the world. That's her words. Spend your whole week on this message thinking about that. They're not just mundane messages. Our Lady has broken open the messages for us. We've helped many people break them open. As your daily guidance when you get home for the rest of your life, throughout your day. When you go home, you pick a message every day, you'll be shocked what will happen. We've got so many stories, so many beautiful things that Our Lady communicate to with us. The kids are headed off on a field trip, and it's a fast day, and comes up the next day, and they, they say, should we be fasting? This is a field trip. You know, we're celebrating this way out. Do you remember the message, the exact words? You was there. I wasn't there. So come say it. So this was, this is really back in the beginning days of the community that we were going to open up a message every day to live that one message, since Our Lady said to read her messages every day. It was the first field trip we were taking in the community. It was just the moms, single women, and the children to Amish country, actually. So we are enjoying the food in Amish country. And we were there on a Thursday. The next day is a Friday. And then the next day, Saturday morning, we were driving back home. So we spent the whole day checking out the bakeries on Thursday, visiting the Amish. And then Friday, we're like, oh, man, <laughs> it's a fast day. What? And so we were talking, well, what do you think, Our Lady? You know, she knows we're on vacation. She knows it's a field trip. Maybe she won't care if we fast. None of us felt like we could just be so bold as to say, well, we'll just not fast. So somebody suggested we'll just open up the book, we'll pray first, and then we'll see if there's a message. If we pick a message with the word fasting in it, then we will know we should fast. And if we don't pick a message with fasting, then we know we can eat. So that's kind of what we did decided to do. So we did our 777, and we're kneeling there. And, of course, all the children are really involved in this, too. They get to eat. You know, we weren't going to make them fast, but... So at the end of the prayer, we're kneeling there, and we said, Mary, we're just praying this because we're asking you a question. Would you tell us, should we fast or not? Open the book up, point to the message. In answer to a question, pray and fast. We were really just moved by Our Lady. So we didn't care that we were fasting because she was so motherly and how she responded to that. Was, we were really amazed by that. And th this is typical. I'm talking about the efficacy of Our Lady. She says, many, many times she says, I will teach you, listen to me. And if you put that circumstance up, like what Joan just told, she'll do that. It's an amazing, and you'll see miracles. She said that. She says, you'll see miracles in your everyday life. Why is that? Just think about the prodigies of the devil, how powerful his voice is. She's here to counter that. And why would God not do that? Because we've lost so much truth, we don't even know where to find truth anymore. What is truth? So, God's given these messages to counter this whole electronic system, the whole buildup of our little gods that we've made God. If we just had 5% of people praying to God and to Our Lady, to Jesus, 
Just 5% of the 100% of people who own their cell phones all day long, especially these youth. You, you know, I don't have to tell you anything at the restaurant. When you look, everybody's a little island. And, and they're all in their cells. This is not good. You might say it's a necessity. Well, Adam and Eve had children. And everybody else had children. Civilization went to this point without having it. You think you have to have it? No. We built a world, I already said. As if we were our own creators. We made great civilization advancements as if we're on our creator. So we're God. We don't need him anymore. And our lady reveals this. As I look at my children who do not pray with their feelings and actions, I am sad as I am saying to my son that many of my children no longer have faith. Where is their faith? What are they talking to all the time? What are they doing? Why are they losing faith? If you don't pray, you lose faith. It goes away. The first thing our lady said when she appeared here, they asked her why she's come. She says, children, have you not observed that faith is extinguishing itself? The, the only thing she said that she was coming back, she was here for, in the beginning days, for several days and weeks, in a few months, everything was about faith. You're losing your faith. And look where we are now. Uh, my children no longer have faith that they do not know him, my son. Our Lady told us, you've heard the message, if you've been keeping up with them, you imagine a God who you think he is, not who he truly is. That is why I call you. This is a perfect example of the messages can say many things. Our Lady is here. She says, thank you for responding to my call, because she's literally calling you to something and change direction and do something physically, not just spiritually. Your spiritual has to spell out physically. It has to run the show. You have to go through that guidance to find out what God's will is and do that. Yesterday in Mass, the priest said, he asked children, what do you want to do in your life? Well, be a saint. I want to take that to a higher level. He's right in that sense. But you can remember being in school. You can remember being in high school where they brought these counselors in, these people with different occupations. What do you want to do in life? Or even children, you go up to 10 years, what do you want to do in life? That should never be asked of a child. We don't tell any of our children, what do you want to be? A rocket scientist? You want to do this? What are you putting that kind of responsibility on a kid? It's stupid. We're ignorant. You may have done that. I was in high school when they brought in the military. They brought in this other occupation. They brought in the whatever. And, you know, to help you decide what you're going to do. We're letting the school system and universities dictate to our children what they're going to do. By planning into them, you need to be thinking what you want to be. No, that's not it. Yes, it's right, a saint, but that's not even accurate completely. We teach our children just to pray. And that every day, whatever happens is God's will. We went up to a waterfall that was bone dry in August of 91. We've been in the worst drought we've ever had. And so we consecrated that waterfall and called it, there was a French girl there, what is rain in French? And she says, pluie. So we named that, consecrated to our lady, called Grotto La Pluie. If you've been up there, you've climbed up there where the waterfall is. And a statue in it, just like Lourdes, above the waterfall. It's beautiful. And so that August, we don't get rain. We, two days after that consecration, we got rain, and we got rain, and we got rain. And it was, in, in the papers at that time, broke records for August. Simply by praying and consecrating this to the Grotto, Our Lady of the Rain, Grotto La Pluie. 
So what we learn from that is that we never talk about the weather or complain. What's the biggest complaint about from people besides your arthritis and this and that and that? <laughs> the weather. Man talks about this all the time. You put the news on, you always have the weather. The weather, we see that, and actually the weather determines, determines more financially and outcomes than any other element. And that's why God used the weather, knowing the flood. He did it with Job. Job came in and swirling wind killed his whole family. Nature is obedient to God, and it turns against man, not because of climate change, but because of our sin. So the weather is important. But the, the moral of the story is, is that we begin never to ask for rain, never complain about the weather, no matter what. So what we do, I came up with three Hail Marys for it to rain, three Hail Marys for it not to rain, and three Hail Marys for God to decide that. We're laying some water lines. It's this time of year when the winter rains start coming in, or the fall rains, and when it gets wet, you can't do nothing almost till next summer. So we're laying pipes. And the storm comes in. And we got the ditch open. We got to do it because it never will dry out. So I'm digging the, with the backhoe. We got five or six guys out there. And we sit there. We're in the off 43, the road there, the trees in the field off in the distance. So I said, let's do our three Hail Marys because it's, it's coming. And it starts sprinkling. We knew if we're done all winter. So we get on our knees, pray, and it's pouring down. We're praying three Hail Marys for it to rain, three Hail Marys for it not to rain, and three Hail Marys for what God's will is. So we get there, and we knew if it didn't stop within the next five minutes, we were done. I mean, it just poured. I mean, it was pouring like crazy. And we knew it was up. Okay, I said, get out of the dishes. Let's just stop. Soon as we did that, the rain stopped out of the blue. And we're standing there like shocked. And a rainbow comes out instantly out there and lands right on our lady's head, the statue. I mean, we became believers in those prayers. I say this because our children are raised this way. We never ask for the weather no matter what. If we're going to some place out of town or we're here or we're going to do some event, we never complain. We never ask it for not to rain. We never ask it for to rain. It's God's will. What does this mean? Our children don't have to be told, what's going to be your career? What do you want to be? That, you're destroying your children. I've had people to me over and over and over say that the university has destroyed my kids. Repeatedly. The whole school education system is rotten. I don't care where you go, how good it is. It's not the system that we need to be having. You may object to that. I have a man that objected to that. His wife wanted his kids to go to school. And then he comes to me years later after he graduates, says, worst thing I ever did. Wish I'd never done it. We had a lady come up to me, said that my daughter went to college. She fought the whole first year defending her faith. The second year, she was silent. The third year, she lost her faith. The devil is in the system. That's why homeschooling is saving America. And it ain't perfect. What we do and how we do it is, is as good as you can get it. If you've been to our little school, it's an incredible thing. And our kids know everything. They do arithmetic, and then they take that to the carpentry shop, fourth grade, and they're measuring and making stuff in the carpentry shop or doing calculations. It's apprenticeship. 
study. Study apprenticeship. That's how you do it. Surgeons used to be do apprenticeship. In Williamsburg, you go there for a wheelwright, seven years making wagon wheels and stuff for carts and wagons, and they teach you about the Bible through these things. So we're off kilter. But what I'm, point I want you to make clear is about the youth, your grandchildren, your children, the future children, is you don't ask them what they want to do. You show them when you wake up what is God's will. You can't do and have more consolation, more happiness, greater happiness, except doing the will of God. And these three Hail Marys, and three Hail Marys, and three Hail Marys, abandons ourselves to God's will that day. We had another drought after that. And we were content. Our crops were being burned up, everything. But we were perfectly content. Because God has the weather, and that's his will for us. What we discovered is the area of property we needed that's been in wetlands and a mess that you couldn't even drive a flotation tractor through it. It got bone dry. We were able to clean that up, go in and open it up, and captured about 10 extra acres. And right when we finished, it started raining. You live for God's will through abandon. Our Lady says, surrender your problems to me. But this is really important with the youth, that you guide them. What you need to learn is not what you're going to be, but what is God's will. And he would guide your steps what you're going to be. I thought I was going to do something else. I never planned to be here doing this. And this is not what I wanted to do. And it was not pleasant when God showed me. But I've been saying, God, I want your will. I want you. I prayed for three years coming here, or two years. And then he presented it to me out here in the back of the field. It wasn't fun. And... It wasn't pleasant. It's the worst moment of my life. Well, I was bargaining with God. God, I, I, I'll keep my business. I'm funding Caritas. I started. I'm, I'm giving his funds. I don't want your funds. I don't want your money. I want your business talent. And I argue with him. Well, let me get a manager. Let me do this. Let me do this. You've been telling me two years you do whatever I ask you to do. Yeah, God, I will do that, but not that. <laughs> I was choking I love my company. I love my business. That's the last thing I wanted to do. And the last thing I want to do is homework. I hated homework in school. And that's all I do now, writing, sitting at a desk. And that's not me. But God chooses you for what you might want to do. But I'm content and I'm happy with what I'm doing. I get consolation from it. Not because that's what I wanted to do, but because I'm sacrificing my life February 25th, 1988, sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. The other message is, your life does not belong to you, but it's to be spent to bring other people to eternal life. These messages are real. So this is a real important thing of the youth that gets around you, that you start teaching them, not forcing them, you show them through example. I mean, we had kids around there. It wasn't just the six guys. They saw this rainbow. They became believers. And we want God's will. No matter how disastrous it looks that day, what may happen, we see later, wow, that was incredible. God brought a miracle through that. So your goal, leaving here, is God, what is your, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, live today for what is God's will. And you'll start seeing things and planting good fruit trees that may take four or five years of doing God's will, that start picking good fruit in your life, and the bad fruit that you planted the last 30 years or 10 years of picking this bad fruit will start diminishing. 
many people today don't have any good fruit. Or if they have 20% good fruit and bad fruit. Our Lady, that's why she says in the beginning of almost her message on 25th, Dear children, today. Dear children, today. We think just dear children. She's saying today, you put this in your life and you're planting a fruit tree. You put, I don't care what you've done in the past. I don't care how wicked you are, how bad, how great. How, you start putting this in today, practice, and your life will start changing. Slowly, but it changes. So this is the message. That is why I call you. We started on this merry-go-round we just talked about, and we come back to this same message because she's calling you. But then she uses the same sentence, saying, why I call you, Apostles of my love. So then there's another meaning with that. She literally means apostles. She said once, Jesus has his apostles and you are my apostles. At the beginning of the message, she says, you are my apostles, clearly. And at the end, she's talked about Jesus has the shepherds who are his chosen. And now we see. We had the bishops going to the laity. What do we need to do? Why are they doing that? We're in communication with different people that know bishops or with bishops. They don't even know what to do. They literally are in that position right now. And, and quote from a higher up told me, they're running scared. Our Lady is here. I did a broadcast last night that is called, Our Lady's here because of what's coming out of the church. She foresaw all this. And she knew it. You think she was blind to her in 1981 while she was here? We're in deep trouble. And the measurement of that is daily apparitions of the temperature of the world. Each one shows how much fever we have in the church. We're very sick. It will not be fixed in the church by the hierarchy. It is you. She's never allowed this to be approved. She never allowed it to be condemned. And I know for a fact, God doesn't want this approved. And I didn't learn that yesterday. From the very beginning, I began to see this. Everybody here, the Medjugorje people, Medjugorje centers, we've got to get church approval. That's the worst thing that could have happened. And now we know why. Our Lady is happy when she appears on that mountain. Extremely happy. Now today was sad, but when she goes to Evangelist apparitions, she's happy when she's down here. Mm-mm. Why? Because the church restricts her. She was restricted in Fatima. She was restricted in Lourdes. She was restricted 400 years ago in Elias, which I've written about this for years. And Our Lady had to tell the bishop with an entourage of priests who were coming in to stop it that told the visionary then, and they just now proved this just in the last few years, that you tell the bishop when he gets here that you who can call my son down to the altar or well, no, you who can call God down to the altar has no power over me. God has allowed Our Lady not to be underneath the structure. She loves the church. She's here to save the church, but from the outside and from the grassroots. And we see that politically happening all around the world. We see it in the church, and it's in your hands. The church literally is in your hands. No bishop conference is going to change anything. It's us. So that's why she says, my apostles. I had problems with that because theologically, the bishops are the apostles. And that's true. But that's Christ. And that's who Christ chose. And that's why she says, don't judge. Jesus would judge them. But that doesn't mean we don't have to correct. 
And if you've listened to my broadcast, you know I do a lot of correction. I'm a sinner. I'm just as bad as anybody else, but I repent. And we have a non-repentance that's taking place, or it's not a sin. So we're in a position now that a lady says, that is why I call you apostles of my love. You strive to look at the very depth of human hearts, and there you are certain to find the little hidden treasure. What is a treasure? Maria once, me and her was outside the choir loft, and the apparitions was there. She walks off away after the apparition. She's like 20 feet from me. This girl comes to me after talking to Maria. Maria says uh, she wants to go, she'll go to Zagreb if, if you would go. I don't want to leave Medjugorje. I says, no, I don't, I don't want to go. She said, well, she said you go if you, you go. So I went over to Maria. I said, Maria, this girl's saying, if I go, you would go. I said, I don't want to go. She said, I didn't say that. I didn't want to go. And I said, okay, I understand. So I went and told her no. Well, I was delayed. Maria went back to her house. As I came up the steps, the woman's coming down. And she said, I just got through talking to Maria. She said, now she would go if you go. And I said, well, you wait right here. So I went, Maria. I said, what are you doing? I said, I thought we said, I don't want to leave Medjugorje. She says, you'll go now. She says, no, I didn't say that. So I made down there. I told the lady, I said, we're not going. And so anyway, we left. She left. I went up. I said, Maria, this is really bad what this lady did, telling this and, and trying to get us to go to Zagreb. And she says, no. I said, yeah, it's bad. She says, no, it's love. I said, love? What are you talking about? She says, is this the kind of love? Start choking herself. She saw love in it. I saw manipulation and evil in it. And what I'm saying here is for you, that is why I'm calling you apostles of my love. You strive to look to the very depth in the human hearts, and there you are certain to find the little hidden treasure. She found in that woman, Maria, that it was love. She wanted Maria to come. She wanted to bring the apparition somewhere. I saw this person as doing something evil and lying and manipulation. So I began to realize that the most degraded person on the streets has a soul from God. No matter how evil they are, how bad they are, they have this soul, and that's part of God. Even if they're killing it and destroying it, that's God in them. The other part's the animal, really. That's what makes us distinguish difference. And of course, we are much more created in the image of God. So, our lady showed me this through that story, that you can always find Jesus in these people, God in there. The first message our lady gave in our bedroom when she came, November 20th, 1988, she began to give messages. She gave messages for three months. She wasn't doing that in Medjugorje. We were all shocked, and our lady was extremely happy. Why? She's free. Nobody could stop us. My bishop tried to stop it. I said, you can't stop this. Maria's visiting me. You want to tell Mary not to come down here? I told him. I told the bishop, and he was mad. I mean, he's he's mad because thousands of people started coming. We didn't call anybody. It spread like Fatima. So there were there were people surrounding our house. Then Our Lady appeared on Thanksgiving Day. She chose that. She went out by the tree that you know about, most of you, and that started bringing people every apparition. She came back to the bedroom, and stayed the whole three months in the bedroom, which evolved for a lot of understanding about our country that comes to the family of your healing, not to the country. So my bishop's on the phone, and he's hot. He says, you stop that. You stop people from going out there. I says, okay, bishop, let me get this straight. You're telling me to stop people who are coming out here praying 
for the God who I love and the God that you love? Is that what you're saying? Silence for three seconds. He says, you're right. But I stood up to him because I knew it's private relations. There's nobody can stop that. You want to condemn it? Bishop, condemn it. Then you can stop, but you had no authority to do that. It takes a lot of guts to stand up for that. It takes a lot of guts to have the biggest majority center in the world with a lot of oomph behind it to put a broadcast out that I did on August 30th. We sent it to 450 bishops. You don't do that. A board of directors on any organization the size of ours would say, you're not going to send this. This is going to damage our mission. I'm not worrying about what the mission happens. I'm not worrying about condemnation of some of the bishops. I'm not worrying about them condemning us or whatever. I they put this to the message in my heart. I said what I said. And I'm certain what I professed is truth. After following 30 years of messages. Have you heard that? It's called crimes. I had one lady call and say, I couldn't even sit down. I was walking around there and I got so keyed up. But it's addressing the bishops what they have to do in November. But you don't do that except by the power of God. I can't stand up as a man and do that. Or as a boy, I still think I'm a boy. But what was said on this thing, I've already gotten letters back from bishops and say, saying that they're going to take this to the conference and they're going to prayerfully consider these things. It's in their face, but it's respectfully in their face. And I'm telling the bishops, this is what you have to do. Because your only answer, as we end this broadcast, is Medjugorje. It is violated here. You don't have any other answer. There's no schemes, no plans, nothing you can do to fix this. Your answer is here. Open a green light to your parishes and Medjugorje. And we're coming into a phase where we're going to start pressing for it. We're not going to sit there and be stopped from it. You can't be stopped spreading Medjugorje. When you go back home, get materials and start spreading it. Your priests can't stop you. They have to condemn it. And I put Medjugorje, even with the Vatican, on the line and got completely isolated from the whole Medjugorje world because they said you could have got Medjugorje condemned. It was over the books, Point Man God. I won't go in that. We'll talk about that later. But by doing that, I believed in the apparitions. I said to read them, so I wasn't worried about it. But I'm not apostate. Our lady's appearing. She says something. I believe it. And that's what you need to leave here when you leave, that you see it, you believe the apparitions, and do it. I just called somebody an apostate here from the puppet. Not from his puppet, but from my puppet, about his puppet, because he went and mentioned the apparitions in the evening. Let's just pray at apparition time. No, you're an apostate. You either believe the apparitions or don't. If the bishop likes it or he doesn't like it, you say it. The bishop doesn't believe here, and he's not supposed to be because we don't want it approved, because there's no standing up for the messages. You don't get the message. The only place in this village to go get the message is over here in our place. Go try to find it. You may can buy something, but you don't get messages on a Hallmark 3 or $4 card. Go buy a Hallmark card and see what it costs. We've given away well over a million of these here. Medjugorje is about the messages. So Our Lady says in this first message, the first word she breathed in our valley, may your life be prayer. She's given a whole direction for a future community that we didn't know she was going to ask for. I'd started in my family the first community. May your life be prayer. May your work be offered as a prayer. And may everything that you do bring you towards me. Everything we do in our community, everything we have in our mission is in the idea and the concepts of the message of who Our Lady is. We live for her. And we have transformed our life into a way of life with her. And this is where it comes in what she says today. Look in the very depths of the human heart, and there you are certain to find 
the little hidden treasure. And she says, let everything that you do and everybody you meet be an encounter with God. We meet good people. We meet bad people. All kinds of people every day. It's an encounter with God. She didn't say most people. She says, let it be an encounter with God. And you have to see the love, even if it's choking love, where I saw the bad. So our lady's teaching is this. The little treasure... To look in this way is mercy from the Heavenly Father. To seek the good even where there is the greatest evil. Did you know that they found some films, family films of Adolf Hitler? And they scrambled these things up. Somebody bought them and sealed them up. And the reason they did that is because it showed the human side of him. The empathy side of him. And they didn't want nobody to see this. This evil, evil individual. What was it? It was him playing with children. I don't know at a family reunion. And it made him look too nice. Because he was with them. He was playing with them. And he was laughing with them. Would you want Hitler to go to hell? For anybody that says that, I heard somebody on the radio recently says, I hope they go to hell. Do you realize what you're saying? I want Satan to win. Can you imagine Judas, if he had been one? The Mary and the poor man, God, Jesus says that he would be the greatest jewel in heaven because Jesus knew the devil had him. Can you imagine Hitler if he converted and repented? And he could have. And most likely, no, he didn't because he sinned against the Holy Spirit because of suicide. But nevertheless, what is your desire? But they're hiding this because they don't want you to see this. Hiding the truth. Because even Hitler was human. He wasn't a demon. He was a human possessed with evil. And so Our Lady is saying something very hard for us to understand today. The most evil person. That is why I call you apostles of my love. You strive to look in the very depth of the human heart. You have to go into the heart. You have to look at those films like, this guy had a human side. It's amazing. I just got to reading about the synagogue, the guy who killed everybody. And one of the women who was there went to see him in the court. She knew she was going to look at the devil. And when she got in there, she was stunned. She said, he didn't look like nothing like the devil. He just looked normal. She was, she was blown away by this. Amazing. For that lady to have that, and our lady's talking about that. That is why I come with you, apostles of my love, to strive to look to the very depth in human hearts, and there you are certain to find the hidden treasure. To look in this way is mercy from the Heavenly Father. To seek the good even where there is the greatest evil. To strive to comprehend each other and not to judge. That is what my son is asking of you. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, if somebody's wronged you, they've done all these things, you don't join the Me Too thing. Forget all that stuff. Forgive them and move on. God would take care of that for whatever reasons they are. Now, are we not supposed to expose sin? Not necessarily if you make scandal. But if something's going on, like it's in the church, and you've got to protect the thing, yeah, they're going to know I know him personally. And he's doing the right thing right now. But he's not doing it to make scandal. He's doing it to stop scandal. That is what my son is asking of you. And I, as a mother, am calling you to listen to him. My children, the Spirit is mighty, mightier, then the flesh. St. Paul, we was in Patmos, we was in Athens, where he stood right there on a rock, right on the spot, they know where it is, where he went and told the Corinthians, 
in the Bible that there's one God and he quotes Socrates. Socrates, of all those philosophers 600 years before that or 500 years before that, he believed that there was an unknown God, that the, the Greeks had one God that was unknown. And Socrates had moral values and was teaching the youth. He was very moral. Jesus refers to him in the point of man God that people are given light if they have goodwill. And that's why when Jesus gives a blessing or when he's here, it's for people who have goodwill. They receive the blessings. Bad will, people don't get that, even if they're blessed. So we're standing on that. It's amazing. He had one conversion. That's all he got there in Athens. But for that one seed, everything changed. But they were ready, too, because they had false gods. They believed in the concept. And we're being sent out into the Athens of the world right now. That's what I was here for. That's why she's sprinkling people from all over the world come here and sprinkling them back across their home places across the world. You got people to convert after you convert yourself. You can't go and start doing it. You got to get the traction. People got to be something different about you. You've heard us say on a broadcast, you see in the writings, we go places and people just come up to us. Just like this lady at the ticket counter says, I believe in you. I mean, I'm, what, what did she say that for? I realized after I was flying and after I gave this other lady, she didn't believe in me. I don't even know if the Holy Spirit made her say that or she knew me. Sometimes people do that. I believe in you. It was, it was the oddest thing. I was laughing about it. She, she's, she just messed up in English. She maybe, I actually said to myself, she meant, uh, I want to thank you for your business. So I translated it that way. So the spirit is mightier than the flesh. St. Paul talks about that. That the flesh, his flesh, and his spirit was at war. You know the story about the Indian. He's sitting there. His grandson's on his lap. And he says, uh, what are you thinking about, grandfather? And he says, a war's going on inside of me. He said, what is it? He says, two wolves. He said, what are they doing? He said, they're fighting. And he says, what are they fighting for? And he said, one's fighting because he's for lust, stealing, malice, hatred, <laughs> evil. What's the other one? He's for love, kindness, forgiveness, etc. He said, which one's going to win? He said, the one I feed. The spirit is mightier than the flesh, and carried by love and actions, it overcomes... All obstacles, and it overcomes the Spirit. Do not forget, my Son has loved you and loves you. His love is with you and in you when you are one with Him. That's wake up in the morning. What is God's will? I don't want to do anything except your will, God. And beg for God's will every day. That will make you the most happiest. It doesn't rescue you from difficulties, but you can cope with them when you're doing God's will, because that's the maximum holiness you can do that day. Just trying to be a saint and walk around saintly, some of the people that think they're saints make me sick. It's not running around doing this. Maria, after about five or six days at our house, comes out of the bedroom of the apparitions, goes upstairs, our kids upstairs, we hear things crashing upstairs. We're in the bedroom, my wife and I say, what is going on? We run up the steps. She's got the lamp broken over the kids, she's standing on the bed. She's got a pillow, and they're having a pillow fight. This girl just saw the Virgin Mary. <laughs> but Maria was told by Our Lady, she's so deep in prayer, she's so deep in love with Our Lady, and living what she's supposed to do. We found a note in one of her Bible, snooping. It said in Croatian, as God was translated, that Mary told her, she said, my love for you, I love you so much, and you'll walk with me. It's difficult for me to not take you in my arms and take you to heaven now. 
it's, it's a struggle for me not to take you. It's incredible. It's, that was the essence of the message. And here she is breaking lamps. So we, we're, our idea is, is holiness and what is really truly holy before God is not what you think. It's just doing God's will. That's the holiest thing, the highest sainthood you could get. So it's not about being a saint. It's just about getting God's will. And not about deciding what you're going to be or what you want to do. What does God want you? Four years will go to college to be decided by college what you're going to do. And 80% of the people who do that do not end up in what they went to school for. And the other 20%, most of them aren't happy with what they're doing anyway. Because they didn't seek God's will. So you want to raise your grandchildren. You want to raise your children. You want to even amend yourself. What is God's will for me? It's not too late. Our lady recently said that. It's not late. She didn't say it's not too late. She said it's not late to start my messages. We are winding down. We are in the moments of the secrets. We are headed toward this thing ending. But it's not that late to stop or to change. You see this. This is just one message. And I could do a talk like this on the message tomorrow. Totally not saying anything. I'm saying the same thing. Because they have that power and that's why I want you to see what we're talking about now, how different this message can be and what you're hearing now that you go a week from now. By love and actions, it overcomes all obstacles. Your spirit must be in charge, not your flesh. you get got that struggle. Fasting is a perfect example where your stomach says, Hey, buddy, uh, feed me. And your soul saying, No, you're not going to eat. You, there's a fight going on. There's a war going on. Who are you going to feed? The stomach or are you going to feed the soul? When you feed the soul, fasting becomes easy. And actually, you'll enjoy fasting. You say, how can I do that? You did it for years and you'll do that. It'll be part of your life. I forget to eat sometimes. And I'm so conditioned to fasting that it's not that hard. It's hard in the beginning. But also, I have an asset because we was raised on Italian bread after school instead of candy bars. And we love that chunk of bread. Teach your children to love bread. Don't ever complain about fasting eating bread, even if you want to gag. Always be positive to your spouse, too. I love this bread. Don't spit it out in front of them. <laughs> he is the light of the world, and no one and nothing will be able to stop him in his final glory. In the poem, Man God, I was reading last night, an incredible story, that Jesus had a confrontation with the Pharisees, they threw a rock, slashed his hand, his blood on it. And so they're attacking him the next day, and they want a sign. He said, only the sign of Jonah will be given to you. And this is a sign. He held his hand up, and it showed the blood on it. And he says to them, he says, this will be your sign, because I'm coming now for the first time. But when the second time I come and I show you the sign, it will be my blood, and it will be the second judgment and those who are called back out of the abyss of hell will be looking at my blood and be so terrorized by it that they'll seek to go back in the abyss for relief. It's incredible. The second judgment is going to be so horrible. They'll want to go back to hell rather than be in his presence of what his blood has done. I tell you a lot about the Eucharist. He is the light of the world and no one and nothing will be able to stop him in his final glory. She's talking the second coming. She's here to prepare us for it. You're walking just like the apostles did. This is her time, and she's raising up apostles to do what Louis de Montfort 
I've told you through the years, if you followed, that there'd be a time that would come, Our Lady would raise up apostles of the latter days, and they will be purified as the children of Levi. That's why you got to suffer. That's why you got to be purified to be an apostle just like the original apostles. Therefore, apostles of my love, do not be afraid to witness the truth. People prefer not to say, well, I don't want to say that. I, I didn't let go of this lady that said, I don't believe, I'm, I'm, basically she said, I'm an atheist. And Our Lady made me realize, you know, this lady said, I believe in you. It was Our Lady's voice through this woman. And then I got it and I caught her. What she does with it, I, I gave a whole rosary to her on the plane. That, that I planted the seed, Mary, it's up to you now. And I have no doubt she's going to grab her next year or next day. It'll happen. Witness it with enthusiasm, with works, with love, with your sacrifice, and above all, in humility. Not arrogance, not be people over the head. You might be able to just settle a little bit, and then the next day say a little bit, or next month. But you get the authority to speak about the messages by living the messages. That's where authority comes from. Witness the truth to all those who have not come to know my son. She's not saying hold back. You witness it. I will be alongside of you. She literally means that. I will be alongside of you. You can experience that here. If you get by yourself, get away from your family, your spouses, get out here in the fields, no matter what the conditions are, and open your heart to her. Kneel down and pray. Spend several hours out here. Go to the mountains at nighttime. Come back. When I started seeing something in messages, I went up both mountains every day when I was here. And I began to see things. Because I was being told here in the pulpit, oh, he's just saying the same old thing. It's just the gospel. Yet Benedict said, Cardinal Ratzinger at the time, that we cannot confine ourselves to the sterile repetitions of revelations, the Bible. That private revelations, which is what message of Our Lady are, invigorate public revelations. We are living Bible. We are living revelations. Our Lady is bringing messages to manifest and help us understand these revelations through our messages. Without the messages, we don't grasp the scriptures the way we should. Her messages are preface. I will encourage you, witness the love which never ends because it comes from the Heavenly Father who is eternal and who offers eternity to all my children. The Spirit of my Son will be alongside you. Anew I am calling you. 37 years. Today she told you, anew I'm calling you. Where's the numbers? Medjugorje is diminishing right now. Why? Because the same reason they started leaving Jesus. 140 people or so. He's ready to give the major teaching. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. And they leave. He turns to the apostles. Only 12 are left. They all left. He didn't say, come back. Oh, oh I didn't mean that. This is, you'll understand later. He let them go. So not everybody here is going to stay with this. But you should be one to yourself that I'm going to stay. That Our Lady says, the spirit of my son will be alongside of you. She means that. Literally. You can walk with Jesus. You can climb that height of the saints. Nobody's had. St. Francis didn't have what you have. The saints of the past didn't have this. We're in something particularly. She said in the 90s on June 25th, 
you are in a particular time. We've never experienced this before. The Spirit of my Son will be alongside you anew. I am calling you, my children. Pray for your shepherds. Pray that the love of my Son may lead them. So we'll end with that. I'll talk about October 25th message a few days ago because it ties to this. Everything builds on another and makes it more clear. Our Lady is real. This is something to finish our encounter today in contemplating who Our Lady is. Frozen statues in the cold Washed in moonlight Blue and gold Mary's babe in plastic hay Quiet wonder on her face Mary, you look so serene Far too pretty, much too clean I think we know you well, but what stories would you tell of all the dirt and dust and shame, every burning labor pain, and as I turn to walk away, I hear you.
It's fun in us right now. The sprinkling. We're ending. Our Lady sends messages through nature, she says, to speak to you. Here we've been the two hours we talked about the weather, and she holds off or just gives us a little blessing to show. So, and she wants us to read these things. You don't have to be thinking, oh, I'm reading into it. It'll happen over and over and over to you. So we'll end this. We'll speaking again together tomorrow again. Same place, same time. One thing our lady does in Alabama when she comes, if she wants to come back to the same place, because we never ask, we never say, Maria, let's go over here, let's go to the mountain, let's go to this place. When in 1988, we just abandoned everything to our lady. And she took full control. She changed the times, morning times, evenings, late, early. And it was beautiful because she was designated where she, it's the only time she's ever geographically did something at the site where thousands of places the visionaries have gone. And so she's done that for us many, many times. It's beautiful the way she does it. So we abandon ourselves to Our Lady. The more you abandon to, to God, the more uh, she can do what she wants to, her plans. Because there's always the restrictions that immediately move in on her apparitions. So you want to approach this in a way with just complete openness. You just make yourself available in nature are up on the mountains and push yourself. In the name of Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I was going to say, oh. you haven't met Father Pill yet. And he, oh, you, man, there was a priest who you didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Come down, give a blessing, though. It's important to understand what they said, do not judge. We got a lot of sickness in the church, but that doesn't change anything in what you receive. Our Lady's made it very clear the most important blessing that you can receive is the end of Mass. And one thing she's taught us also, that when a priest bless you, that is Jesus Christ in reality, in realness, who's blessing you. So I always like to get prepared for a blessing from a priest. I don't just want like just like swatting flies. Uh, what you're about to receive is a blessing from Christ, and you should take it with great seriousness. So we ask for your blessing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Almighty God and Father, we thank you for bringing us together this evening and for opening our hearts to, to the message given by your Son. We ask you, Lord, to help us to continue to live the message of our Blessed Mother Mary. You sent her to us for a reason. Now in the, in the church, we're experiencing a lot. For me, the message today is for the church, especially for the priests. Your mother, Blessed Mother Mary, asks us to pray for praise. Pray for your shepherds. It put tears into my eyes because we are going through a lot. We ask you to we pray that you continue to pray for us, praise, so that we continue to lead the church in the right direction. As we go this evening, Lord, we ask you to continue to guide us, to continue to bless us, and continue to enrich us with the fruits. And messages of our Blessed Mother Mary for peace, 
for the conciliation and for forgiveness of our sins. And Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you. And so, ending tonight's encounter with a friend of Medjugorje with the priestly blessing. On behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, BVM Pilgrimages, Medjugorje.com, and Radio Wave, good night. This ends the Radio Wave broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.